before we start this episode, we would like to talk to you about a new basketball academy coming to Vancouver, PGC Basketball Academy. The unique angle on this academy, unlike others, is they will offer 32 full scholarships worth $3,000 each. The plan is to have a U14, 15, 16, and 17 boys team coming up. More details to come, tryouts will be coming in the spring, so stay tuned, we will get all that info to you. As you can learn under such coaches as Bill Disbro, Alex Devlin, and Lloyd Scrub, PGC Basketball Academy will be committed to the community, to learning and growing the game. Now, let's get back to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey. We are going back down memory lane in British Columbia today. Thrilled to have what some people in BC voted a few years ago as one of the best high school players in all of British Columbia on the men's side all time. And if you saw this guy play or know anything about his story, there would be no argument there. Um, A gentleman who was kind of the catalyst behind getting the powerhouse Richmond Colts program going um, a gentleman who back in the day uh, ended up playing Division One when uh, Division One wasn't really a thing. Uh, we have none other than Mr. Alan Tate with us tonight. How are you, sir? I'm doing awesome, Aaron. First of all, thank you for uh, having me here. And uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I looked at a lot of the uh, your comments on your site, right? And uh, on one sec, this will be good. Do you want to say hi to you want to say hi to Mr. Allen? Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. I heard a lot about you. What's your tell him what's your name? Do you know my name? No, but your dad told me that you might be coming in soon and you did. So good for you. You did exactly what he thought you were gonna do. <laughs> Say good night. Good night. You have a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Hope you play good in soccer today. I got a special wig. Show me. The camera's right here. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Good night. Good night. Have a good night's sleep. <laughs> Bye-bye. Love you, buddy. Sleep tight. <laughs> Aaron, you predicted it. That's an authentic homegrown podcast for you right yes. there, pal. There you go. No, no, you predicted it, though. That was good. I, that was good. You, you got vision. Yeah. I thought I could see, like, the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, there's the door opened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, that's great. I, I thought yeah. it was funny that you said it was going to happen, and, like, a minute later, boom. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey. We uh, we are having episode 103 here tonight, and we are super thrilled to go down memory lane in British Columbia, our province, home province of the podcast. Um, a gentleman who, you know, if you, if you know anything about his game and his story, uh, and was voted on not long ago as one of the top 25, I believe, players in British Columbia at the high school level all time. Um, a gentleman who was a catalyst in getting the powerhouse Richmond Colts going um, back in uh, the uh, early 80s and uh, obviously for a few decades there. Back in a time too where going Division One wasn't really a thing up here in Canada in our province. So I'm excited to hear more about that as well. Um, in 1979, this gentleman averaged 25.75 a game and was a first team all-star. In 1980, 
His team finished third place, was the MVP, and averaged 37.25 points over four games. I'll let you just let that soak in. As I introduce none other than some might say the best of them, Mr. Alan Tate. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Aaron. First of all, thank you for having me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say to you that, you know, we, we got, we met a couple of weeks ago, right through a a, a person that we both know. And I I looked at your podcast, I listened to a couple of them and uh, I was super impressed with, uh, you know, some of the comments that people that listened to this said, and I, 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 one, one kind of really stood out to me with a a 16 year old, I believe He, he said, you don't know who I am, but I really like your podcast. I really like to learn the gold nuggets and your I'm going to be on your podcast one time soon. And I think he gave you a five, but I think that's awesome. So first of all, mm-hmm. thank you for putting investing time and growing the sport. Cause it's, it's a super cool sport. Yeah, no problem, man. And th- I, I appreciate those comments and I appreciate you being with us um, starting in the pandemic and then getting back into family life and coaching life. I'm making myself feel guilty that we haven't been able to get as many episodes in the last little bit, but since Christmas, you know, basketball season's been full on and, and family life. And so I don't apologize for that, but my heart definitely is sitting there wish, wishing I had more opportunities to sit down with people like yourself. So trust me, I get just as excited to do it and uh, and it is fulfilling for me. So we're filling many buckets, I would say, yeah. um, because it's crazy what basketball can do for you and, and what it can create memory-wise and bond-wise, which I'm sure we'll get into Another thing which I think we're allowed to talk about because when this episode comes out is um, you've had another big announcement for yourself. Um, do you want to take it away or do you want to let me do my job and uh, blabber for you? <laughs> I, I'd say let you because, again, it was it's a privilege for me. And I, I feel, again, when I think of myself, I think I'm part of the Richmond community. You know, you made a comment that I was mm-hmm. a catalyst. I, I would say, I, I, you know, I was an enabler of the catalyst, but there was people before me and people after me. Obviously, I got two brothers, Glenn. And Brian won one 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 BC championship one one two, and my my second brother Brian, um, he uh, and when I say second, I got three, but the second brother I talked about, he uh, he gave me one of his rings. I was the only brother that played basketball that never had a ring, so we came second and third, like mm-hmm. you said. But uh, again, it doesn't matter, right? It was just a great experience, and I'm just again, I want to I want to make sure I praise the people before me because that's what brought me mm-hmm. to basketball, right? And, and and it starts with Bill Disborough, right? Coming from Burnaby or wherever he came from and coming to Richmond, I guess it was the farmlands back in the day and uh, a lot of great people there <laughs> and a great community. So it's just exciting. I'm just, again, I'm, I feel privileged. For sure. And for those that don't know, uh, Mr. Tate here has been nominated to the Basketball BC Hall of Fame. And I think the coolest part of that is someone out there in the in the universe has nominated you without your knowing right so i think what that says is like you've left an impact somewhere and i think um just the way that you speaking already early in the episode here shows how much you understand team and how much you understand the importance of team and how the collective is what gets the job done so somewhere along the way someone felt uh it appropriate to nominate you and then a committee felt like you were deserving and Anyone that knows your past knows that you are deserving. So congratulations and well done. When you got the call, um, how did it feel? Have you had some time to process? Yeah, we I got to be last honest. Week or, yeah. yeah, I was a little emotional, right? Because I, I got to be mm-hmm. honest with you, Aaron. I thought it was you because it was a 604 area code. Yeah. And we had misconnected. And I was in a, in a conference where we had dinners and all that stuff that goes on. And, 
you know, I got this call and I, I picked it up and it was like, hey, hi, Alan, this is John. And I said, hey, John, and I think a telemarketer, right? <laughs> I started thinking in my head, like, oh. And uh, he said, yeah. I, just wanted, I wanted you to uh, meet me the first. They don't hear it, you know, you know, from from other places to congratulate on being uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, and uh, it was it was. It was it was a it was an interesting moment, right? Because um, mm-hmm. you know, again, we've got a couple other Colts in there, and uh, you know, I'm just proud to be a Colt and uh, be a member of the you know the team and the and the community, and uh, and it was such a fun time. So I feel really fortunate for that to happen, and I, I'm I'm proud of it, right? Obviously, I I mean, I put my work in too, but it wasn't me. It was a lot of different people that enabled me. Sure, awesome. Well, congratulations, man, and I know that'll be a uh a special night to celebrate yourself and many people like you've mentioned that were involved. And let's get into it. Let's go back to those days. Um, you talked about the farmlands in Richmond and talk about yourself as a young guy growing up and how you realized that basketball was really going to be your true love and how that came um, to you. Well, again, you just, you know, your son just came in here, right? The soccer, <laughs> the soccer guy, right? And yeah. So- <laughs> My we'll family, tell, yeah, let me know. give you a timeout. I'll give you a funny story. So on Wednesdays, yeah. they, they play indoor. Oh, they do and now? It, yeah, they play indoor. And so they go Saturdays is outdoor, Wednesday is indoor. Yeah. And um, I like and, that rule. I like that yeah. rule, thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on Wednesdays, we're finding he, whenever there's a water break, and he gets distracted pretty easily, <laughs> uh, he just picks up the soccer ball now and will shoot on the side hoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, and I don't, I don't push the game on him at all. He said that he wants to go into some camps. So we're going to, we've signed him up for some stuff, but he just organically, cause he's starting to come around the boys a little bit and see yeah. them at practice. And so, and the hoops, it's like an elementary school, right? So I thought you'd find that funny. Just the coaches always like, Eli, get over here. We got, you know, and he's like working on his jumper. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm not going to stop him, but. Well, that's funny because uh, you've got some you've got some questions on this, and I got uh, yeah. One of the questions you asked me was, "Who do I think would be kind of cool to be on the podcast?" And I got a couple names for you. I'm not gonna tell you now, but I think it's more about being the parent, right? Not the not the player. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a player, right, you got this instinct, and but you don't want to force your kids into anything. But I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So tell me more, man. Tell me about that life growing up, and. Uh and just being the young guy and how you figured it all out. Well, again, I'm from a family of seven, my mom and dad, and my, we got five kids and I was the third, my, my sister, Margaret, she was a equestrian kind of a horse person. Like she really loved horses. We had farms across the street from us and that was her passion. My uh, older brother, Ron, he was a, a soccer player. That was his passion. Right. And, and I played soccer and you, you mentioned indoor and outdoor soccer. Right. And, and I was a goalie playing in Richmond and it sucked. <laughs> it was cold. Your job was to get in front of the ball yeah, and it hurt. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. so that, Stop that it with anybody of, part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my first sport when I was young. And uh, there was a gentleman named Mr. Kartner, who is his two sons, uh, Randy and Mike, Mike Kartner, Randy Kartner. Mike Kartner. Yeah. They, they played for Steeston. Again, we'll get into Steeston. That's our arch rival. But they played for Steeston. Sure. Um, and he started what they called mini basketball. And what mini basketball was, was for little kids, third, fourth, okay. fifth grades. 
and they had an eight foot hoop and you kind of played so you could actually score and, you know, you could hit the hoop. And that's what really got me into it. First of all, it was warm, which I loved. And it was a friend of mine that got me into it, but I was pretty natural at the dribbling and the layups and that kind of stuff. So he was probably the the first person that kind of enabled me to like start playing basketball. And, and, uh, and like I said, Mike and Randy, those guys were two really good players. And um, I think Mike was a coach. I think he just retired, actually. I think I saw it on Facebook. He just retired. Is that Dr. Mike Karkner who yeah. was coaching at Terry Fox? Yes, of course. Yeah. What a guy. They, I got to play Fox, men's yeah. league with him. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a good man. He's a, yeah. He said, I, we, we were, you know, obviously we were competitors. But uh, again, Richmond Stevenson's got a, it's a real, like, um, it's a really cool, you know, that, that we respect each other, but we, we play hard and, you know, we work hard, play hard kind of thing, right? Like we all mm-hmm. respect each other. We, we're all friends afterwards. And so he, that was probably uh, the first enablement for me to play basketball. Um, and again, being a soccer player, being a goalie, it was pretty natural for me to, you know, I, I did both of them for a while, but that's what really first got me into basketball at a pretty young age, probably fourth, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Um, And it just takes kind of one one parent, one coach to sort of create some sort of group where it gives people an opportunity. It goes from there. I mean, like, what an easy name, mini basketball, but there yeah. you go. Right. And then all of a sudden you're creating these rivalries and, and you're right. The Richmond Steve give my buddies from Richmond a hard time about it and be like, Oh, whatever. And Oh yeah. Let me guess. It's always sunnier in Richmond and stuff, but it really is <laughs> in some ways it kind of is it, its own little place. Right. And then when you threw in the dolphin park and, yeah. all that stuff like it just made it such a unique experience and it's cool that, that you got to and i can't wait to hear those rivalry stories um basketball just naturally comes to you does it start to be like this is my only thing or did you stick with soccer did you play other sports no, I, that, I actually you know, played quite a, bit, quite a few sports uh, yeah. uh, i was played soccer all the way through high school i played volleyball uh, and I played badminton, believe it or not. Like me and my, a, 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 teammate, a teammate, which we'll talk a little later, Danny Dennis, we uh, I won the lower mainlands in badminton when we were. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. And, and we were the only like white there. Everyone was Asian, but us. Yeah. We we're like looking around. And it was a double <laughs> thing and we won it. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. And, uh, those were kind of the sport. I, I stayed, I didn't play hockey. It was too expensive, right? We had too many kids in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and in football, I kind of stayed away. You know, football wasn't a big thing till you got to high school. I mean, it, it was around, but uh, you know, again, it was cold outside. And, you know, not a big thing. So I never really got involved in that. So for me, it was more soccer and basketball growing up. And I played a few other sports. I, I did track, right, the four by one hundred and all that kind of stuff growing up. But yeah. the two sports probably that kind of um, I played and enjoyed growing up were probably soccer and basketball. Mm-hmm. And then how did you decide that basketball was the thing? Um, what junior high did you go to? Because I'm assuming Richmond yeah. High at this point is just 11, 12, right? Um, yeah, no, it's funny because, yeah, back in the day, um, you know, junior high was three three years, right? Yeah. And uh, but again, going back to that Stevenson story, those guys all went to Hugh Boyd. And those, those guys won, um, I think, the BCs every year. So we got our ass kicked, right? Because where we played... Okay. We were at Jane, yeah. it wasn't a really a big thing, you know? Yeah. And I apologize if I shouldn't say that word. <laughs> the ass kicked. No, no, you're good. No. 
I, uh, but we You're lost good. all the time. They beat us every time. Right. But that made us better. Right. That was part of this evolution of when I say Richmond, I'm talking Richmond, McNair, Steeston, all those high schools. Um, they beat us every time. And we just, so we were kind of the bottom hand of, a, of the junior high school team. Again, it wasn't a big thing with us. You know, we didn't have the warmups. We didn't mm-hmm. have, we had different teachers, coaches each year. It was kind of a, you know, and I, I gotta be honest, I had a little attitude back then. Uh, funny story. Uh, I never, I've never met a ref that called it right. Right. Like I never made a foul in my life and I was pretty mouthy back then. And one, one, uh, one game bill came out, I think it was a ninth or 10th grade to watch me play. And I fouled out in the first half. And I did that multiple times where I had five fouls literally in the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, So I was that, that player that, you know, the coach was saying, Hey, did calm down. And I got better as I grew. Right. But I sure. was a pretty, you know, I was pretty, uh, I was like a stallion out there. I did. I just wasn't very disciplined. So was it discipline and also just like a fierce com- competition? Like was the family competitive? Were you, were you always battling with the brothers in the yard or downstairs, like oh, yeah. playing, playing soccer or wrestling or whatever? Like, was everything a competition back then? Yeah, and, usually and, it was yeah. football in the back where you're, okay. you had the two fences. And every once in a while, if I got by my brother, he pushed me through the fence. And then my dad would get mad at us because I broke the fence. So it was that kind of, right? <laughs> we broke a few windows, right? Playing baseball or whatever. And, yeah. but, but I was a little bit, of, yeah. uh, you know, like, you know, the referee would say, if you say one more word, you're going to be out of the game. And I'd say word, you know, that kind of guy, like, like stupid, right. Just dumb stuff. <laughs> you know? How did you figure out how to channel that? Um, well, first of all, I think part of the, you know, the, again, I went from this mini basketball to, to junior high where we were good and you know, I was starting to still figure myself out a little bit, but. You know, part of as most kids that age that, are, yeah, yeah. Part of part of growing up in that environment back in the day in Richmond, you know, when I was in the probably the ninth and tenth grade, I started being able to go to open gyms and stuff. So I was playing with some of the Colts, and uh, and you get put in your place pretty quickly, right? And uh, and so I think that helped me um, just playing with better people, and you know, and learning how good you are, or how bad you are, or what you need to work on. And, uh, and it was a great environment because everyone was really helpful. And, um, you know, they were, there were people that were there to help you and were there to also challenge you, you know, so there was no free lane, if you will. But, um, but I think that helped, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day we had, the, there was the, in Richmond there, in Richmond high, they had the, the new gym and the old gym and, and everyone would come in, whoever wanted to play it was open gym, no coaching, anything like that. But it was just, you know, a lot of the vets and the, and some people were 40, some were 30, some were 22 guys like Bernie Glear who played in the NFL was like, you know, he had already gone through and he was there and he's a BC line guy. Right. And you're playing against him. And what happened there is you, you know, everyone came in, everyone picked a team. And then if you won the game in the big gym, you're, you're there. But if you lost, you had to go to the, you know, go to the sidelines. And, and if there's five teams there, you had to wait for your turn to go to the old gym. And if you won that game, you came. So it was just that kind of environment where I think playing with, more mature people that kind of put you in your place that, uh, and you got better really quick and, uh, and it was fun. It was a great time. Yeah. I think, um, you touch on a lot of great things there as someone who's still involved with, you know, the coaching, the young kids trying to push them to just step out of their comfort zone and do that. Right. Like go to the local colleges, go find an open gym where there's older guys. Um, you know, unfortunately in the high school level schools make it so hard in terms of like, I just couldn't imagine, you know, 
a, a coach opening up a gym and having right. different high schools of kids because it'd be like, oh, you're pulling my kid or whatever it would be, yeah. or just liability. Liability insurance. Yeah. All yeah it's a different and world, it, right? For sure. But you're right. You're the young guy. You can't come in and start yapping and begging nope. for calls or else you're one that probably not going to be able to play again. Yep. <laughs> or two, you're going to get fouled every time you go to the hoop, right? Yep. So you, you learn yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And just the whole, the idea of just like, all right, if we lose this game, we're going to be sitting for a while. Yeah, yeah. Right. Depending right. on how many people are there that night, right? You could be the fourth in line. And you get yeah. <laughs> but some nights you were there at the winter gym all the time, which was awesome, right? So you had the sure. good nights, the bad nights, the medium nights. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it made you want to win the game. Mm-hmm. And with within that, was it kind of like looking across the way down the road, looking at Steveston and kind of the success that they, they had? Was there some early on motivation to be able to, you know, we want to compete with these guys in a couple of years, you know, when we're in high school, we want to be able to, we want to take them down. We want to beat them. Right. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. I mean, um, you know, again, and and that, at that time, I almost went to Hugh Boyd after they okay. won because I had some people talk to me and I was kind of in that middle zone where I could go to one or the other, mm-hmm. but it was hard for me to leave because of my teammates. Right. It kind of went back to that, mm-hmm. but I did watch them from a distance, if you will. And it was frustrating to lose to them. Like they, they beat his you know, 10, 20 points every game. I mean, you know, and, and it was just, they were more talented than us. They were, it meant more to their, you know, their, uh, their, their school, you know, they played again, going back to mini basketball, they probably played because in mini basketball, we got to a point where we were going to play Vancouver college and stuff. Cause they had kind of same type of program. So you're kind of on a road team. So you, you're playing more than, you know, the, the, the three months of the year or whatever, right. It was kind of a, yeah. not a full year, but you're playing more. So I think, I think um, just watching them and then, going back to playing in these open gyms with, with a, a tradition of the Richmond team and, you know, and, and just getting to play more. I think that was probably the key is, is playing more, playing with against better people, right. Not playing, mm-hmm. you know, six weeks or eight weeks, whatever the season was and just calling it a day and go to soccer and then go to whatever other sport you were playing. So yeah, it, it, it turned into, for me, um, it was my out. It was just something that was, you know, I didn't think about anything else. It was, you know, I go to school again. That's the other thing about, you know, Richmond. I think, I think no one did a, but not B. I mean, you were there to be a student, be part of the community, be part of the staff, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, it was, it was, uh, it was nothing more fun. I mean, it yeah. was, and it was, uh, something where you, everyone talked about it. And did you feel that as soon as you got to high school or did it take some time for you to learn the ropes a bit or? Was it just, yeah, it, you know, it's funny. it feel unique? My uh, high school, my 11th grade, we had kind of a mixed team. We were half 12th graders. And, you know, we had, and again, when I think of Richmond, you've got the junior high, you got Steveston, which is uh, the one school was Hugh Boyd that came into it. And those guys were all really, really good. And then you had McNair, which had another school that everyone came into that they were really good. We were kind of mixed up with the, the bottom three teams in junior high. Mm-hmm. So it was bringing those, you know, the one from this group, the two from this group, the two from this group, and then bringing it together and gel it and then, and then working on your craft. Right. And um, no, I would, I actually, you know, and, and Doug, you know, again, we'll talk about Doug a little later, but Doug was a, he was kind of a mentor as far as he drove me around. I didn't have a, you know, again, we had a lot of kids in our family. I didn't have a car, you know, me. So you know, he always, I think he was assistant coach that first year. 
And he, he thought we could, like, there was game teams like North Delta and some of these teams that were really, really good, right? So you saw them from the far, so you didn't really know how you could compete. And and so the first part of the 11th grade, I didn't know. I, I was, like, we were playing these teams that I thought would kill us. And we, we won some, we lost a couple, but that was the year we went to the finals. We lost in uh, uh, Burnaby South. But going into that year, the first, say, eight games, that was kind of the feeling out of, Oh man, as each game you get a little more confident and say, Hey, we can, we can compete. Cause again, when you, when you go watch those things, when you're in ninth grade and you watch the BCs, right. They're like uh, NBA guys, right. Yeah. These guys are big and quick. And there's a lot of people. And so it, it definitely was, I think it was probably halfway through the season. We thought we were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And were you guys, was it the Coliseum at this point? One year it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't the Coliseum. Yeah. Okay. I played like in two different venues and yeah. the, the first year was, and then the, again, I always go back to venues as long as they're full, they're fun. I don't care. If Absolutely. 10,000. Right. And as long as there's a, there's, there's energy in the building. Um, but, uh, but again, that year it was funny. We played Burnaby, played him five times that year. Right. So, cause we were in the same league. And we had tournaments. We played each other, and they kicked our ass twice. We kicked their ass twice, and in the final they kicked our ass again. So we never had a close game with them. They were really? always like one team was up, one team wasn't. And so, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah. Going back to your question, I, it 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 was uh, it took a while to figure out how good we were. I think to get everyone to blend, let sixth grade, uh, the eleventh graders and the twelfth graders. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um... And I guess they ended up being okay with a grade 11 being one of their guys. There was not a lot of ego there and guys no, were willing to sacrifice it. their roles. And Nope. Everyone yeah. was really, really, again, I, that team was pretty good as far as getting together. I think it was more of my mindset of, do we fit in? Do we not? Are we good enough? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And talk about it and talk about, uh, is Bill with you at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And so talk about Bill and just sort of young Bill. I mean, I know 1994 and five Bill Disbro, right? So, you know, he's been at it for a while. By the time I'm in high school, talk yeah. about the impact that he had, the culture that he created at Richmond High. You know, everybody talks about it, but someone who experienced it, especially early on, um, what was it that you think really separated himself and made his program so strong? I think one of the things was his investment in time. Like, I think I put a lot of time into it. <laughs> Bill breathed it. And that was his life, even though he was still a teacher and he did his other things. Right. But there was, he was a guy that I always call it enablers, right. That he was a guy that would enable anybody, right. Mm -hmm. If you were willing to put your time in, he's going to enable you. It didn't matter who you were. Right. So I think, you know, for me personally, that was part of the, the, you know, the, I guess the magnetic force to Richmond was uh, here's a guy that, you know, and he struggled. I mean, I, I watched the game, Back in the day, that's what's funny. I, I got fouled out when he came and watched me play, but I watched the game. I think I was thinking it was Doug Kelsey was playing uh, against Richmond and they were killing him. It was like I was, I don't know if it was ninth grade or tenth grade, but I was I came to watch, right? I'm just in the stands. It wasn't full house, it wasn't quite big then, but it was a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But they were losing so bad he walked off the bench and was in the stands. He like he just kind of said, like, look, I've told you what to do. No one's trying. And I'm like sitting there going what what just happened yeah and i'm saying that now but at the time I, you're kind of watching it but i think that was his you know he was very passionate about putting your effort in right like like sure. i don't care if you're winning or losing put your effort in 
Sure. And and uh, if you guys are going to quit, then I'm going to quit. I think that was the message for that game. Yeah. And uh, but he he just had this this. Um, he always says he's not a good you know coach on the side. He's more of a coach in practice. He's always said that. And our practices were really tough. But he was a very good coach on the side too. He knew mm-hmm. what to say, when to say it. Um, and uh, it, it was just one of those environments that I, I think. Again, it's not just the team; it's the community. I mean, the community was totally into it. He he marketed it very well in the mm-hmm. school, and it became kind of a cool thing to do, right? So so you knew you were going to a gym that was full of excitement, right? And and so to his point, when you're practicing, you're kind of you're you're, you're kind of making sure you're kind of sh- you know sharpening the saw, if you will, right? To make sure when you get to that game that you're ready to play. Mm-hmm. So, but he, you know, he was amazing. You know, he really was. Almost like a, ahead of his time in terms of that, almost like an American approach in terms of the cheerleaders, the fans, right? Like everything. He he saw it as a whole entity, not just like let's have a let's have a good team. He saw everything that came with it, right? The staff involved, you know, they're part of it. People scorekeeping, whatever. Everyone, like Absolutely. you said, you said community a dozen times already, and. And I don't think people really understand that side of it, right? Like they see the talent, they see the nice jerseys and the cool road trips and stuff, but there's so many other things that went behind it, I think, with Bill. And and there was there was times beforehand where that wasn't the case, right? And sure. Because Bill, he he was a researcher, right? He was always trying to get better himself, right? Mm-hmm. And I still remember, I think it was uh, 11th grade, maybe it was 12th, we we drove, we drove a bunch of our guys. We drove down with them. We all bought our own kegs. Uh, Keds, was it? I think it was Keds. Yeah. Keds. Yeah. We were maroon, right? And yeah. We, all, we went down to Bellingham and we bought them and they were like, we thought we were the, the coolest things ever, right? We all bought yeah. them. We all had the, the same color shoes and he was that guy, right? He, he just, he just did the little things that were a little different and, but it was on his time. That's what was great about it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, we're, we're all busy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it was just fun. It was a great experience. I think too, when you're that age, when you see someone who's willing to to be so selfless and sort of do it for others, it kind of internally just motivates you and makes you feel almost even more accountable, if that makes sense. Like I, I want to do it for myself and my teammates, but we've also got this guy here who's just giving up all this time and making us look great on the court and doing whatever he can so we can be successful we got to live up to, or at least try to, you know, give, yeah. give that energy back. Right. Yeah. He was, he was definitely, he was really good. Psycho- psychologically. Sure. In other words, sometimes he'd be yelling. Sometimes he would ignore you and it, yeah. but he knew when to pull the cords, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, like say we're all in a, a, you know, again, I'm just making an example, but say you're all halftime and he just leaves. We're all sitting around like staring at each other. Right. Mm-hmm. He started picking up on, okay, he's leaving because we're not listening or, you know, we weren't talking like that, but mm-hmm. he just had a really good um, pulse of when to challenge and when to just leave you alone. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and obviously it's worked for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's probably, you know, those, those moments where, all right, there's nothing I can, you know, we're, we're mid December right now. We're still figuring out there's nothing I can say. Let's see if I leave here and will they talk to each other? Right. And will they create some communication, right? All those little things and things that we don't understand when we're that age, but we're like, is it giving up on us or, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah well, you know, what's sure. funny is because he was a terrible basketball player. Yes. 
but he's a great coach, right? And I, mm-hmm. I was a pretty decent basketball player, but I coached and I couldn't coach. I knew it. I, I mean, I was, it was younger years, right? But I didn't yeah. get it, right? I, yeah. You know, part of it was just, why can't you do that? You know, because you knew you could do it, right? Like it was yeah. kind of that, you weren't saying that, but I think that's how you were thinking. Sure. So yeah. it's interesting, you know, you see that in the NBA and stuff where these great players try to coach and it doesn't work out, right? So yeah. this guy, I think he's kind of the opposite of that. I'm not saying it was a, I didn't watch him play, but. I did play against him in those gyms sometimes and he wasn't very good. So I can tell you he wasn't a good player. I mean, he wouldn't sit here and pretend like he was though, right? No, I mean, no, even no, in his laugh. episode, yeah, he no, said they... he got cut and stuff. So yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. laugh. They yeah. laugh. And and Doug's the same way, right? He he mm-hmm. played they he did this day. He's a shuffle defense guy that never jumps over an inch over the he's just shuffling back and forth. Yeah. yeah. He, did, he did that. He was that guy. <laughs> and so uh but again, that was part of the fun, right? Because sure. you don't, you know, they were more coaches, not players, but they were out playing with us, and you're part of that. Mm-hmm. And you guys, as you've talked about, you you kind of come together as a team, and you think, all right, we can really do this, and you find yourself making it all the way to the final. Pretty cool. Um, obviously, coming up on the short end and of a tough defeat, and you know, like you mentioned, five times—that's a lot of times to play a team and. And you see it so many times when you get to the provincials, like a team has played each other and you're like, what are we going to see? Sometimes you get a super close game or you get a blowout on either side. The horn goes on that season and, you know, obviously you get some individual accolades, but you're, you're a team guy. What's the thought about the following season? Is it like, we're going to run it back here? Um, you got a lot of graduating grade 12s. You said you were pretty much 50-50. So what do you do in that off season to uh, continue to improve? And when do you start to think to yourself, like, I don't know, this is something maybe I want to do after high school. Well, we had, I gotta be honest with you. Again, when I look at the two years, yeah. losing the final mentally, I felt okay. Mm. Meaning when I think at the beginning of that season, where we sure. were and, and how we came together, we were in the final. And, sure. and again, we had beaten each other so many times. That just wasn't our day that day, right? So it's, not sure. like, it's probably better losing by whatever we lost by versus one, right? Mm-hmm. The next year, going into the next year, we had a pretty good group coming in too. Uh, Lloyd Scrub was one of them. You know, his kids are pretty good, right? And Lloyd and Fairly we had, good. you know, three or four others. So we had, we had a really good foundation. And I think mentally, because I think two of us at least started or maybe three, I can't remember exactly, but we had a pretty good confident group coming back. And with, I think that was the year we thought, again, going back to that 11th grade year where I'm like, I don't know how good, it I just mean <laughs> inside my head, I, yeah. I don't can even compete. We thought we should win it, right? Like we went from that to that. And in that year, the, my senior year, you know, we had a great year. I mean, we, we did great, but we lost in the semis to Dutchess Park by one or two or something. That was way more emotionally, you know, just because your kind of your season was over and all the work you put in, but you expected to win versus the other time when, hey, we're just happy to be here. At least that's how I thought. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking that before the game, but after the game, it was like, hey, we had a great year. And it just wasn't as emotionally, you know, negative to me internally mm-hmm. as well, that, the year when we lost. And then, so that makes sense. Yeah. And, and then the we expectations in the next day, right? And then and the, the third, fourth. Goal, now, when we lost to Duchess, we played Steve's in the next game, right? Because they lost to whoever they were playing. For third? That was probably the hardest get-up game. Because, uh-huh. you know, it was one of those two in the afternoon, four, I don't know what it was. But, and Bill didn't want to lose, right? Because we had three teams from Richmond. I think McNair was there. We were there. And Steve's was there. And, and it was kind of like, how do you get the guys back up, right? And we ended up winning the game. 
but boy, that was, that was, that was probably the, the, from me personally, trying to motivate myself to, you know, go again after losing, because you thought you were going to win it all. It, that was a tough game. Played and coached in a few of those. And it's almost harder to coach because you're just like, you just don't know what to expect and you can't blame the kids to, to no. still be hung over from the day before and thinking, man, we just left it all out there. What happened? And, you know, and like you say, you finish a seven o'clock tip off and you're done at eight 45 and you're tipping off at two the next day. And you got to get over the fact that you're not playing in the final. Right. And so what was the motivating factor in that? Was it because it was the crosstown rivals? Like if it was someone else, I think it was the purple and yellow uniforms. Yeah. Backers. For and, sure. uh, and again, I think the game was pretty slow starting off, but again, I think part of that, that, that competitiveness, we, we all, we all chirped at each other a little bit. So, you know, kind of a little bit, a little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was both ways. Yeah. So I think that's what got us both. Cause they were probably disappointed too. Right. Cause they were a really good team. I think we were fourth that year when going into the tournament. I think Dutchess park actually was one. Mm. They were supposed to beat us, but not in our minds. Right. It, Cause they were from uh, up North. Mm -hmm. bc so uh yeah it's it's just because the one thing with bc when you're playing right you got your league but you don't really know like back in 11th grade there was good teams from the island right and you don't see them as much right and and so you kind of know what you know with the people you know but you don't know how your league is versus other leagues and i don't know if that's changed but that was probably always Uh, the hardest part right yeah i think what's changed is um Teams are now realize they've got to travel because for seeding and ranking, they've got to play, you know, a, str- a tougher competition. And now everything is just streamed, right? Especially with COVID. Yeah. When schools went to YouTube, now it's like, you know, our every home game we had this year was is streamed. And the provincials, you can pay, it's like 12 bucks and you can get all four tiers to watch the provincials now, right? So it's like everybody's seen each other by this point. But it's such a unique point, right? Because you're, you're thinking you're playing against what's the standard like hey we just battled Bernie B South five times who how good could this team from Prince George be coming down exactly. and all of a sudden it's like wow they actually are legit right and trying to do coach is trying to do a quick scout you're trying to figure out who they are you know and you don't get to see them as much and so it's a lot of that in-game you know adapting which is quite unique as opposed to today's game for sure yeah, yeah. what can we say about the people at Parkside especially our guy Sam Payne a huge supporter of basketball in our community the gentleman does many things behind the scenes that people don't know about. And one of those is supporting our podcast from literally day one. Sam reached out to us and said, hey, I like what you're doing. How do we get involved? And what you can do is find them at any local government store or come down to the brewery, sit on the patio, sit in the back, listen to the music, come for music trivia night, whatever it is, the wide variety of beer that they offer is second to none and Port Moody in the Brewers Row is a great place to be. We are so appreciative of Parkside Brewery we can't even say it in enough words. Head down we hope to see you Parkside and if you can't find a way to support because they do a lot for us. Cheers. Let's talk quickly though we have to touch on the fact and I know you you'll be humble about it but like you're one of less than a handful of gentlemen who have not won the BCs and I think even finished third and been the the provincial MVP. That's pretty crazy, man. It's a pretty special feat. No, it, 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 it was, but you know, again, I, I go back to, 
It was, it was, it, again, you feel good about it. Right. And, but mm-hmm. you know, when you think about that year, it was, I guess it was an upbringing from the d- disappointing of losing, right. Kind of thing. And, and, and as you know, it's, it's team, right. It's, it's a lot of different people. And, um, and I've been on both sides and you know, we'll, we'll talk about college later. Right. So I've been the top of the mountain on my team and in the bottom. Right. And, and, yeah. and but we all have a role. Right. And so, you know, you know, like there was guys feeding me the ball. There was people and I was confident enough to shoot it. Right. But I've been on the other side where I'm passing the ball because that guy's better than me and he can jump higher than me and all that stuff. So, so it was, uh, it felt really good, but again, you don't know at the time what it meant, you know, mm-hmm. like you just said, you know, use the MVP. I didn't think about MVPs or all star. I mean, I was, if I was going to be an all-star, that was great. Right. Like that, that's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was nice. I mean, I, I did do admit that that kind of brought me up a little bit, mm-hmm. but again, I'll tell you, it's a little bit, right. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm super humble and, and on that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, um, yeah, it was just that, again, I go back to that. We, we were in the final, we lost, I didn't really feel as bad, but we're the next year, you know, you kind of feel really bad because you felt like you should have won. And like mm-hmm. I said, my brothers all won and I didn't like, yeah. <laughs> I did tell you, Brian gave me one of his rings, right? So yeah. I, I now have a ring. And what's that like? Do they let you still know about it or have they moved on? It like, yeah, I think it was no. harder for them than me, to be honest with sure. you. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, to your point, I mean, it, it you don't know what you don't know when you're there, right? But it was a lot of um, glamour of being there, even though you didn't know it was glamour, right? And then mm-hmm. how they came in, they're always comparing, right? I think that, I think to me, it's harder than being the first. Right. Because, you know, but they showed me, right. Cause they both won. And, mm-hmm. but again, I don't look at it as they won their team won. And and I'm not saying we lost, but it, it kind of goes back to, I feel like I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the people before me were part of us. Right. And so mm-hmm. I always go back to, cause there was a team before us. It was Amerson. They were in the BCs. They weren't in the finals or anything, but I remember watching those games when I was really you know, eighth grade, ninth grade. Right. And that was a big time deal. Richmond in the BCs, right. Just that mm-hmm. being in the BCs. So I, I do believe it's it's an evolution. And then, you know, I think our our year, our two years maybe started that real climb, you know, with Bill and all, like I think it went five or six or whatever he won. Yeah. Um, but again, I think a lot of those kids watched, right? That's how you get better. Absolutely. No, I I, I couldn't agree more, man. I remember being a little guy at the Agrodome. Same as you thinking those guys were NBA level, you know, they were monsters. Like they were my heroes there with my dole whip, you know, yeah. wanted, wanted to be just like them. Right. And then I think too, for people that have never got that close, um, you, you, you look back and reflect and you realize like just how many things have to fall in place. Oh, right. Like one it's, call, right. One call, yeah, one call, one injury, one, one bad. Yeah, yeah. Like just, there's so many different things that just, you know, the draw, like if, someone on your draw gets knocked out early, you know, it changes things or whatever it is. Like there's just so many things that have to fall in line. And I think, especially when you're talking about dynasties like Richmond, where it seemed like making the provincial final was just the thing you did. Yeah. takes a lot. It really does. And especially when you're, when you get yourself on that map, like you say, you guys change your perspective from first year, grade 11th, it's like, okay, wow, we made the final. And then it's like, well, we think we can win it, but also everybody knows we think we can win exactly. it. So everyone's giving us their best shot every yeah. night. And that takes a lot. It's it's exhausting. And I think you have to have good competitive teams just to make semifinals and stuff. Yeah, 100%, right? Because how many teams 
are the best team, but they lose, right? Like it happens all the time. So I think, I think the fun part's growing it. The mm-hmm. hard part's keeping it. Right. Yeah. Boom. Take him to church, sir. Um, <laughs> how does one go about getting recruited to Oregon State in 1980? What is that process like and how does it happen for you? Um, and were there other schools? And take us through how you decided that that's where you're going to go. That's a great question. Mm. Um, so I had, you know, you had all the, again, it's a different world, right? You don't have the internet and all that stuff, right? So I had a ton yeah. of letters, like hundreds of letters from people, right? Because people know. And, but Jimmy Anderson was the assistant coach at Oregon State that came to the BCs. Um, my, I think it was my senior year. So he actually flew, you know, from Oregon down. Um, and how, long I, was, how long was he at Oregon State? Oh, a long time. He played there. He was an assistant there and he, he was a head coach. He's still around. He's a great guy. Okay. Cause so, I went to Oregon state basketball camp when I was yeah, he's been around. grade seven or eight. I feel like he was yeah. the main speaker there and yeah. I was the main guy. Yeah. So yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy is probably, you know, kind of a lot like Bill. You yeah. Know, he's one of my mentors, right. As far as, you know, bringing you in, challenging you, you know, make you better. But mm-hmm. he flew down and I kind of, I bonded with him. He was the only person that actually, I, again, he couldn't say much or talk much based on the rules and stuff, but mm-hmm. I knew he was there and, you know, I don't remember what he, how he, I knew he was there, but I did. Um, <laughs> but I, I only took three trips. Um, I went to Montana. Okay. Uh, which would, they were pretty deep. I had no idea why, but I did. And I went to Houston, which had slot, uh, what do they call them? Slam Jamma. Slam Jamma. Yeah. I went there. And, and so my trips were those two. And then I went to Corvallis and I just felt Corvallis. And it sounds corny, but it was very similar to, to, uh, Richmond. Like it was, it was a smaller community. They were number one in the nation the year before. Right. And so they had all these people. So again, it kind of goes back to that privilege. Like going, I, I said to myself, cause I obviously I was talking to UBCS, a few of those kind of schools, which yep. that was my dilemma, right? Do I leave or do I stay? And, and I, I think I said to myself, I'd rather go and fail. Right. But no, I tried then, then stay you know, and maybe say that maybe I should have, right. It kind of, that kind of mindset, not that love it, man. It, it was just love that it. mindset of just experiencing, first of all, getting out of the house, getting out of Richmond and not that it was negative to be there, but just kind of, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I was always big into watching the, the, the college football or college baseball and college basketball and uh, on TV. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like I wanted to try it. Right. It just felt like a, a, I don't say bigger time, but it felt more, energetic right full full stadiums and, and, and again when i went to oregon state we we sold out every game there were people camped out the night before with tents and stuff so it was a blast i mean i had an absolute blast now it wasn't easy you know it wasn't easy because i again i was the 12th man on a 15-man team again i had i think four or five or six nba guys that i played with right and so you you became pretty average pretty quick yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, I, I never changed anything I did, but mm-hmm. that's kind of was my mindset. And I yeah. struggled with it a little bit of leaving versus staying. But I think at the end, it was just kind of like, I want to see if I can do it. Yeah. And then if you take the basketball out of it, how much did you grow? Like you're just probably a different human being by the end of it all, Absolutely. right? Like, you know, and so I, I think, you, you know, to be vulnerable like that and to actually process that, where does that come from at 17 years old? Who are you leaning on? Is it, is it, is it the bros? Is it 
is it parents? Is it someone else? Is it a coach? Like that's a lot for you to process and figure out. And I mean, to have that mindset is awesome, man. I mean, it's just, it's a going to lead to success in life, regardless of what you choose to do. I just, I love it. Well, you know, you can, you can say like, you, you talked a little bit earlier about Bill, right? How he was American and like the, you know, that's mm-hmm. the way his, so I was doing that kind of stuff, meaning I was going yeah. to Sonic games. I was, you know, you know, and, and, and so that could be part of it, you know, mm-hmm. to say, you know, but again, I don't, he never, I don't remember him ever saying to me, you should do X or Y. I think I was kind of a, just a, you know, think through it, understand it, um, you know, and make a decision and then stick with it. Right. But I do, mm-hmm. you know, part of the, and I don't know if we want to get into that right now, but part of it, I remember, um, to your episode, my friend. Oh, yeah. You can get into anything you want. Go for well, it. Well, I, I remember because I went there and I knew it was a great team, right? And I and that summer, after my freshman year, um, I came back. I was going to the Canada Games. I was on the BC team. Your your coach was one of them, Chambers. He was one of the. Coaches. Oh yeah, yeah. He was one of the coaches. <laughs> and I, I when I say I blew up my knee, I, I I've never been injured in my whole career. Mm-hmm. So we were practicing over in the island, and I went for a layup in my my knee went over and I had cartilage damage. So I didn't get to go to the Canada games. And um, so that was my freshman year. I just sat from my freshman year of college. And, um, you know, I came back and, and our coach was Ralph Miller, which is kind of a legend, right? In basketball, he was, he, he coached at Iowa and a couple other places, but he, at the time he was like the most winningest coach, very, very direct kind of, you know, a lot like Bill. And when I came back, you know, I got my knee, I got operated on, came back. And he said to me, he said, look, <laughs> and this is exactly how I said, he goes, you weren't the quickest guy on the team when you were here before your knee. <laughs> so I'm here to kind of offer you, if you want to take you to another place. In other words, in a nice way to say, you're not going to make it here, go mm-hmm. over here and you still have a scholarship. And I still remember that because I, I said to myself, I'm staying, I'm going to try, right? Like if I don't make it, I don't make it, but I just didn't want to give up. Yeah. And so that I still remember that as one of those times in my life where um the first time he kind of said you're not good enough, right? Like you're not good enough. Not that he was being he didn't say it like that, but that's how no. I, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of one of those times in your life where you're thinking you know what do I do? Yeah. And so uh so it was interesting because that was kind of the first time out of my whole career that I've ever been hurt. Like I've had sprained ankles or something, but nothing yeah. ever at that level. Also that moment of, all right, this is, this is the machine of division one basketball, but also this is what I signed up for. I told myself I was going to go for it. Right. And to still bet on yourself, I think is huge. So then what did you do? You rehabbed, got yourself ready, walked into campus, knowing that you had to prove yourself every day. How'd you go about that? Well, it, it, I got another operation because I actually, my sophomore year, it happened again. Yeah. So I had my first operation here, then, you know, for whatever reason, it happened again. And so, um, so for my first two years, I didn't play a lot, you know, I mean, even my freshman year, I wouldn't play a lot anyways, because again, we had a bunch of, we were on, one in the nation. Like, I think we made the elite eight that year. They didn't have as many teams, but I think they yeah. took 26 teams at the time and we made it the final uh, eight and lost. Yeah, when you look up those teams, like I was looking them up online, and it's like the first four guys have little NBA symbols next to them in like the first three years, and then there's AC Green's Jerry Curl, and like wow, I mean that's pretty crazy, right? Like without the last. I, I sat between I sat between AC Green and Charlie Sitton, and both of them were in the NBA, and they argued wow. all the time, right? Yeah, 
And when all the people came after the game, they're all trying to, you know, they're all interviewing them. And I just said, Hey, can I get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a fun, it was a blast, but, uh, what, but what's, a practice, what's a practice like with those guys? Let's pause for a sec. Take, take us through like how competitive is practice? Was oh, it? I, I think I'll, I'll take it yeah. back to that. You know, at, at, at Richmond, you're, you're the guy mm. and I'm on the scout team, right? Yeah. My job though, is to be, you know, foster these guys from UCLA and, so you go into a room and they, they they walk you through the other team's offense and what you need to do, right? Even if it's yeah. you shoot it every time, don't care if you miss it. That's what the guy does. So you do it. Mm-hmm. And so it, uh, it was, it was, again, you're part of the team, right? If you don't get them ready for the game, we could lose. If you get them ready for the game, we lose. So it kind of goes back to that team effort, right? Like mm-hmm. even if you're not playing, you're part of it, right? You better practice strong. You better be there ready to go. And it's funny because sometimes, Anyone that's played basketball, when you're when you're when you're relaxed, it's a lot easier. Sometimes in the scout team, it was easier when you're playing a game full of the gym, right? With yeah, all just light it up. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you can light it up and <laughs> talking to that Ray Bloom or Mark Raffer or Lester Connor. You're staring at him and going, "Dude, yeah, speed guard it up. me, <laughs> yeah, guard me, buddy, up. yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it was, but it was intense, like you said. Even practice, man, just. Ralph used to do, you go, he was very competitive. I say competitive, redundant in his practice. Mm. Go to the right, 25 layups in a row, 25 to the left. And if you miss him, you start over. And, you know, we mm. had seven foot one guys. Some of them weren't that court. <laughs> they were still, if you miss, you start it over, right? So there was a lot of pressure even in work, just practicing layups. Because mm-hmm. he would never stop, right? And it was full speed. You're not, you know, jogging in. You're You're going full speed. Yeah, so yeah. as it got to 21, 22, 23, you didn't want to be the person to miss. Yeah, so, yeah. So his practices were very scripted, but there was a reason for each piece of it, and it really prepared you for the game. Mm. Um, so when you're in the game, nothing really surprised you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, almost that. But, I mean, you've given some good examples about Bill sort of getting ready for that mental warfare already, right? That sort of those yeah. – and those challenges, it's like – yeah, I've got to be able to fight through this or, or yeah, I might be back home playing at SFU and UBC and that's no disrespect, but yep. I'm down at big time basketball here and I better have the mental side to go with it. You know, well, you, you hit it on the head, Aaron. I think, I think the mental side of anything we didn't really talk about ever till yeah. the last 10, 20 years, right? Like used to be something you don't talk about. Yeah. Like if you're playing football or whatever, like don't know water, get tough. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mental is a good part of basketball. And I, I know that even from being, you know, when you're, when you're playing at your top, right. If you had any mental, like I might miss this free throw, you're probably going to miss it. Right. Yeah, or yeah. it was just that little things that, that got you away from the focus. So uh, to your point, it, it's something that, uh, you know, I wish I gotta be honest it, when I, when I analyze myself, I feel like I was mentally strong, but I could have been stronger. Sometimes I doubted mm-hmm. myself in certain situations, right. So I wasn't that alpha guy that can just, you know, I'm always going to do this. So you know, but again, that's, that's part of you, right. As an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. Um, and I think that's what life's about, right. You go through experiences yeah. and you reflect on them and then you learn from them and you adapt whatever it is that you, okay, well, I don't want to do that again. Maybe it's not basketball. Maybe it's in business or life or whatever. Right. But I think yeah. that's, that's why we go through those things. So we can grow from them, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must look back at those years though, <laughs> like the tournament runs and just the guys you got to play with high level basketball, what, what comes to mind for you right away? Like, is it the team? Is it just the whole experience? And experience. then 100% yeah. experience. I mean, 
we went to Japan, we went to Argentina, right? Yeah. We went to these different countries. And, uh, you know, I, I look at like, as a freshman, we played Georgetown, uh, no, I'm sorry, a sophomore. We played Georgetown in the elite eight. They had Patrick Ewing, sleepy got our asses kicked, but just watching that. Cause I didn't play. I actually yeah. got in at the end. They probably threw me in there, but that's when you really saw we're not good enough. Like yeah. we had a great year, but mm-hmm. that team's way better than us. And then when you see them in the NBA, like I played against a ton of great players. Right. And when you, you think at the time, like how list do, them, let's hear do, some. Well, like Orlando Blackman, right? He led the yeah. scoring. He, he beat us my freshman year in UCLA at, at, in California. Again, in the, I think it was a sweet 16. Uh, right, it was on Sports Illustrated. He was right in top of Mark Radford was right in his face. And he hit a, yeah. he hit a jump shot from like 30, I don't know how many feet, but way yeah. past the three-point line. Yeah. At the time, you think, how the hell do we lose to Kansas State? Yeah. Right? Orlando Blackman was an MVP of the NBA. Yeah. And so it's it's those type, like, you know, who's... <laughs> Sleepy Floyd and I mean Patrick Ewing was a beast, but who's Sleepy Floyd, right? Like, yeah, you know, Steve Kerr. And I'm going to talk to you about it because I got him a list of when you say who's your one of your some of your questions. I got a list okay. for you. But Steve, okay. he he janked 41 points on me, not just me, but our team. He was at Arizona, right? And Wildcats. He, you know, so it's just Steve Kerr, who you know, remember Steve, uh, not Steve Kerr, but uh, Washington State. Um, Michael Jordan had that jump shot over him. I'm trying to talk. Oh, Craig Elo? Craig Elo. We played against him against Washington State, right? The guy was a stud. Yeah. And he just, and you don't know it at the time. Kevin Johnson, he led the NBA in scoring, right? Like um, Lafayette Lever and uh, Lever? Byron Scott, Byron what? Scott, Alton Lister, right? These guys were all in the NBA. And those guys, those Alton Lister, uh, Byron Scott, and uh, they played in, with Arizona State and another guy that was in the NBA. We were undefeated. They came into our home at Gill, hadn't lost a game all season. They blew us out by 28. And so you're you're disappointed, right? But then when you see what happens after the fact, you go, yeah, they were better than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six years later, you're enjoying some dinner and a beer and you're like, oh my God. That guy's good. It makes so much sense now, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're watching the fast break Lakers and Byron Scott's dunking on seven footers, right? Yeah. I don't know how long he played in the NBA, but AC Green, right? He was beside me and, oh. and, and, and he, I don't know how long he was in the NBA. Oh yeah. Long. Yeah. Um, when Oregon State wraps up, what's basketball do for you and when do you know like, what's the next phase of life? Did you get your degree right away? Did you have to stay and finish or did you? No, I actually played yeah. one year professional in, in yeah. Britain. Okay. Um, I played in Scotland for a company in Edinburgh. And so, but I was, uh, it took me five years to get through school. Yeah. I had like a half a year left. And so I went there and I went to the University of Edinburgh and I played basketball while I was there. Okay. Uh, this was a blast. I had a great time. We, we, uh, it was a, kind of a Scottish English league. So we played at Crystal Palace and some of those places. So are you technically getting paid as a pro, but you're going oh, yeah. to school? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Because um, I don't know why. I think because I wasn't on scholarship anymore. Yeah. You know, right. it, was, it was, I took just, uh, I can't remember what they called those, but I was, you weren't at school anymore, but you're taking the course to get the credit and then, yeah. and then going back. So it, it was, it was a blast. I had a good time, but I knew, you know, and, and at the time, my wife, Wendy, who I'm still married to, I mean, we've been married 39 years. She came over Damn. with me. So I met her at Oregon State. And um, so we had a great time, right? She and me, we went over, did our school, 
had a little flat, had a car, you know, they gave us that and we, we played a season. Um, and so, but again, I was pretty, um, I knew in my mind that I got to get on with life too. Right. So mm-hmm. once I got that degree, we came back, you know, we got married after that and then, you know, the rest is history. So I played, I played one year, um, and you know, I could have gone back. I mean, they asked me to and stuff, but I, I just, you know, I just, my mindset was, I'm not going to be rich. Right. I can have fun and do some things, but I just didn't want to get behind in my career and everything mm-hmm. else that was going on. And and like I said, I had just had the two knee operations and everything else. So I was like, okay, I've had a good time. It's been fun. Um, but um, but I I again it was I'm glad I did it. It was so much fun to see the other world and and it felt truthfully like in high school almost, right? Because mm. they were professional, but you know, you go to the pub. Couple of them, I believe, they smoked at halftime, right? Because Scottish <laughs> had a lot of smokers, and so on. Our team, we had like you had to have X amount of uh, locals, and then you could right. have imports, right? So mm-hmm. the locals were all just people, like you know, they worked and they came and played, and mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then we went from there. But it was a blast. That's awesome. And doing this podcast now, you know, 103 episodes in, and not everybody has gone on professionally, but just different stories. And you hear some people who maybe you can hear in their voice, they think like, maybe I should have, you know, packed it in sooner, or maybe I should have hung on longer, but it seems like you were at a good place and at peace with it. And I think, I think also having that partner in your life, knowing that like, we've got bigger plans that also helps to make that decision that this is great, but we know that long-term we're kind of putting off, putting off where we want to be in life. And, and that's cool. And I, and it's awesome that you made that choice and you guys came back and, haven't looked back since, hey? No, been in Oregon. Actually, we we lived in California for a while, Nevada. Yeah. And now we're back in Oregon. So yeah, we've always been on the West Coast and that's kind of where we want to stay. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, to your point, it was, it was time, right? Like, yeah. Next venture. Oregon, Oregon's beautiful. We got to make it back. We took, we took our little guy when he was about half a year, but we didn't get any sleep, but we had a great time. So we've always, <laughs> I want to bring Making him down talent. for a yeah. Was it was a little guy that just came in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring him down for a Blazers game and hang out. So <laughs> let's do some fun questions. I, I, did, some, I did some homework on this too. And so I might I love it. I, might I go love right, it. I might go I right love, left. I love it. But I go all over the place. So be ready. I'm ready. I hope your font's big enough. <laughs> All right, let's get right to it. Okay. You finish, uh, well, whatever. You're cutting the grass. You get a little bit of a hankering. There's a big game on TV. Maybe Oregon State's playing. You make a quick run to the store. What bag of chips are you getting? Oh, that you changed the question because the best chips yeah. are Old Dutch salt and vinegar boxes. Yep. That's the best chip. Now, I'll do Lay's if I'm if I'm here cutting the lawn. I got to get the Lay's, but the best chip is the Old Dutch salt and vinegar, and to go along with that, the best chocolate bar, crunchy. Ooh, I like it. I like and, it. And the best cheeseburger in the world. You ready for this one? You know what it is? Double O cheeseburger from White Spot. Yes. Right. Now think cannot. of that as a meal. Think of that as a meal. Double O cheeseburger at White Spot. With the salt and vinegar potato chips for dessert to crunchy. 
I love how you said box too. Are you talking about the box with the oh, plastic yeah. bag got, inside? Got, yeah. Yes, two of them. Yes, two yes, them. the two, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this man is a veteran, ladies and gentlemen. He knows. <laughs> and my my wife's from Saskatchewan. And so whenever her family is here, like all her brothers and sisters, it's like, can we go to White Spot? Because they just, they, they don't have it there, right? They can't get enough. Like we have to go. It's crazy. Well, I love the potato chips so much. My Aunt Liz and Uncle Peter used to make me babysit. When I say make me, ask me to. Because yeah. they only live a mile away. Yeah. And I got paid very well per hour, but I get all the potato chips I could if eat. You want, and, yeah. And you come home and it'd be two boxes gone. <laughs> it's classic. And the crunchy, hey? Oh, I love the crunchy. Mars is right in there, the Mars bar. Okay, I'm I'm a big chocolate caramel guy. I feel you on that. I like yeah, the crunch. I like, I like I just, how it kind of sticks in your teeth after a little bit. I like I like that. Yeah, I just it's what's you don't get it in many places, right? Like nah, it's unique. Yeah. I love it. He took it to the next level, folks. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's not here to just give us one. He's just gave us his whole food take. Right. Okay. <laughs> um See, I threw you off, didn't I? No, I love it. I love it. Keeping me on my toes. Uh, who have been some of the most important people in your life? Okay, that's kind of a trick question, right? Because you got to start with your mom and dad and your family, right? Your wife, your kids. Yeah. Right? And, you know, so I'm going to start there. We already talked, you know, my mom was the glue of our family. And she, again, sure. she took us all around, did all our stuff. Again, I've been married with Wendy for 39 years and we got great kids. And so you start there, but if, if I, if I linked it to basketball, mm-hmm. you know, I would tell you at a young age, it was, it was Mr. Cardner, right. For mini basketball. Mm-hmm. And then you go to bill, right. Obviously that was probably, he was probably the biggest enabler for me. Right. Um, because he just did so much for me as far as opening gyms, teaching me, you know, getting the community and, and our group together. Um, and, and working with us. Right. And, and mm-hmm. so it was, it, he was really important. Dougie was really important to me. Doug Beers. He, he, um, he, again, he, he took me a lot of places. So he, I don't know if you know this, but he was a superstar in baseball at a young age really? he played at Gilmore. That's where elementary yeah, school. Yeah, of course. He was a pitcher and he, 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 he blew out his arm though. Cause he threw a lot of junk. But as a little kid, I was three years or four years younger than him. I'd look at him and go, man, that guy's good. He's an athlete. Wow. But he only played like another year because his whole arm, I don't know. He was doing the stuff you're not supposed to throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he took me around, right? So we used to go to UBC on Sundays, go play with the the gentleman up there and and Mm -hmm. like the open gyms, right? It was just something that that helped me go. And and then after that, it was Jimmy Anderson and and Ralph Miller, right? Mm -hmm. My coaches uh, at Oregon State, both of them probably Jimmy helped me get there. You know, he took me over a lot of other people, right? Again, they only had like four openings. I had Charlie Sitton, who was in the NBA, Lester Connor, who was in the NBA, Alan Tate, and one other guy that weren't in the NBA, right? So again, you were picked out of a lot of choices they had. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, those were probably the people I would, I would call out. Yeah, you're right. It is a tricky question because I think I like it because it makes people reflect back because I think those people are in little chapters of our life, right? You have yep. your foundation, you, yep. you did you did it so well. And then throughout life, those people still are there, but they do kind of come and go based on where you decide to go and what happens, yep. right? So there are little chapters of your life. So uh, you did do your work. I like it. <laughs> ATO Basketball, AKA ATO B-Ball, located directly at the Langley Event Center in British Columbia. 
This place has everything you need. I swear, if you walk in and you're a hoop head, there's nothing you won't be able to find. Sale items, Jordan, Adidas, Puma, you name it. The brands are all there. Shoes, jerseys, retro, current, Vancouver Bandits. You can even get every basketball you name. Shout out to our boy Jeff at ATOB Ball for willing to be a sponsor to us. Go check them out. Check the store. Mention us. And who knows, you might find yourself lucky. Thanks to ATOB Ball. Okay, so as a... Are you, are you considered an American citizen now? No, I am a legal alien. Oh. I tell my kids, I tell my kids they're Can-Americans. They're not Americanas, they're Can-Americans. So, but I'm still a legal alien. The only two things I can't do here is carry a handgun and vote. I really don't want to do either. There you go. It's like the dream. (laughs) It's perfect. Someone asks you, did you vote? Actually not allowed. Sorry. That used to be really cool when the pot, all the pot things like, can you sign this to legalize marijuana? And you go, hey, sorry, I'm Canadian. I can't vote. Yeah. Walk by. <laughs> I taught some people what to say and they, they all started doing it. There you go. That's awesome. Well, as you know, it's probably more of a Canadian thing, but how do you feel about ketchup or mac on macaroni? Oh, this one's so easy for me. You saying ketchup on macaroni? Or- yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I thought it was ketchup or. No, I don't like my, no, no, I, no, that's, <laughs> so what's the question? Do I like that? Yeah. No, no. I don't like macaroni. I thought the question was do you ketchup or macaroni. Not a macaroni guy. Now, hey. Ketchup and bacon. I'll go there. Dip your bacon in ketchup. Really? Yeah. Ketchup's good in most. I just don't like macaroni. So I'm out. Not a macaroni guy at all. Not even like a nice homemade cheesy breadcrumbs. Still not doing it. No, but you're t- looking at a- me when I said uh, ketchup with bacon. Yeah. You're in a restaurant. You say, have some ketchup. They kind of stare at you weird. But <laughs> yeah. my whole family does it now. They're like, all you have is bacon left, sir. Yes, I'd yeah. still like some ketchup, please. <laughs> Talking about you in the back. There's this guy at the table and dipping his dipping bacon his in the ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells me he can't vote. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I know he doesn't have a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Best seat in the house. You can go with whoever you want. Your choice. Artists can be dead or alive. People oh, take this different too. way. Okay. People take this different ways. Who are we going to see? And if you got a few, let us know. Let the people know. Boston or Queen. Wow. Did you ever get the chance? No. But we warmed up with their song. So that. Yeah, you did. Good. Yeah, yeah, you did. Well, Boston for sure, for, for sure, sure I knew. Yeah. And Queen, okay. What was the Queen movie? I didn't like that one. Actually. You didn't, eh? No. Say why. I it just it was I I I'm, I like I like action. I feel sure. good movie kind of things. I just really liked the end with the concert. I was all I yeah. could think about was like yeah. imagine being there. Imagine being there. Wow. Okay. Boston, you can't go wrong with Boston, though. No. No. Although, you got to listen to friggin' four play a long time. It's like an eight uh, that's, minute song. That was, that's when we were in the, that's before yeah. we jumped out of the. Yep. You got <laughs> it. You get all jacked up. You're like, hey. Okay. So you said movies, you like action. Let's get into it. Are you, are you books or movies or do you like both? No, I, I'm not a book. I, I don't have yeah. the, I, I cannot, I don't have an attention span to like, I forget what I read, you know, kind of that guy. 
I'm so I got to be like quick and easy. And so I, I wrote down a bunch of movies and I, I got, you know, a top three. Yes. You ready? Born ready. <laughs> All right. So I got Indiana Jones. You can't go wrong, right? No, you can't. Okay. That's one of them. Die Hard. Oh. Okay, now what's the controversy? Is it a Christmas movie? You know, they always ask that. Yeah, it's always a Christmas movie, right? They're yeah, sure. a Christmas party. Yeah. And then here's the one I think that's my favorite. Grease. Wow. Little Livy Newton-John, back in the day. Wow, okay. Livy Newton-John. That's my crush when I was young. <laughs> I don't see your wife standing on the stairs. No. So that's she good. knows. Yeah, yeah. She knows, she knows. hey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a crush 39, year, 39 years, she probably knows. Yeah. Living in John. Before you get out of bed, she probably already knows what's coming from your the BS coming from you for the day. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, ladies and gentlemen, you we are, we don't do video here on Hoops Journey, but when he did mention Olivia, his, he had a little a little bit of a childish smirk there. You can <laughs> see it. it; it all came back. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was yep. good. You could tell there's something there. All right, that's a that's a good variety. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny because it's you can go back to all sorts of movies right and because I, I can't remember a lot of things so i kind of googled the top 100 and the stuff thought through it but god I, I just love good movies that just make you feel good yeah you, know, you, you don't go home like what happened who died and who did it and you know all that stuff. yeah yeah all those other movies <laughs> that i just like those kind of movies awesome a couple more do you have like a best teammate or an all-time teammate team um you know if you could like go back to it or guys that just stood out to you Okay, I, I got another list. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I am. I love it. Because first did of you all, ha- did you handwrite this too? Let's see. No, I I typed it. Oh, even better. On the computer? podcast, yeah. No, I, I did research. I told you I did research. Yeah, I respect it. And I, I I looked at you. I saw a picture of you coaching. You looked a lot like Disbro. The arms were like this, and you looked a little upset. I don't know what happened, but similar body types too, right? Yeah, similar hair hairstyles. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. <laughs> All right, so, fired my way. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, okay. I don't think, and I, I'm being, I mean, really, honest, I don't remember a teammate I didn't like. Right? Like, I, I okay. Cannot, if you said to me who who don't you like, I don't know if I could come up with one. Okay. I don't, I don't mean that. Like, I literally cannot think of someone I just didn't want to go to practice with or game with. So I came up with a list. Right. So here's my list. Okay. Largest ten- tenure teammate. In other words, the person I played the most with was Danny Dennis. So Danny Dennis played for the Colts, played with me at Jan Burnett when we lost all the time, and he played with me at uh, my elementary school. So we played eight years together. Awesome. Okay, so he's my longest tenure teammate. The only teammate that was also a competitor. You know who that is? Greg Wiltshire. Oh, yeah. So Greg Wiltshire, he played for Parkland. Panther. Yeah. We beat them in the BC. So just so you know, we did beat them. No and way. The Vancouver okay. Sun, he was called the Greece goddess or Greece god because he was the six foot ten dude from the island. Sure. Then he went to Idaho. I think it was JC. And then he went to Oregon State for one year and then he transferred to U of oh. But I think that's the only player that I ever played against and played with on a team. Wow. It's a good player, hey? Well, yeah. Funny guy, too. Do you know him? Really? No, I don't know him. He's, he's a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> Most talented teammate that I ever played with. Okay. He can guess that one. You mentioned his name earlier on. AC Green. Gotta be AC. Yeah. He was that dude that I don't care what 
you know, all the lines and stairs and run four miles. Never got tired. Really? Never got tired. Always smiling and just so athletic. Like, and and I've never seen a guy like him. And I played with some good players and played against mm-hmm. them, but that dude was just, I mean, the tank never, never, never was empty. So that, that's my uh, best player. So the most, okay, the player that lit me up at 42, I told you that already, Steve Kerr. He played for Arizona. Man, he was a beast. Oh man, the dude could shoot. And it wasn't Remember just the, they used to chant about his they used to chant about his dad and stuff because his dad died. That was crazy. I remember watching those games. This was a year after that happened. Okay. That we played him and we played him in Arizona and he he lit us up. And Ralph was pissed off because we he tried all of us on him and none of us could stop him. The guy could yeah. just shoot from anywhere. Um, and then uh, my last one, which is kind of going back to that team, right? The most unselfish teammate ever. His name was Rooster. So I got to get his name out there because he'll like this. His name Gary Parker. We called him Rooster because he had red hair. But do you remember Jim Mills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jim Mills was a football guy. He hated basketball, but he was on that team that both of those guys were on the team that we lost in the finals. We had a great yeah. year. Yeah. Millsy would foul out. Like, he, he didn't want to play. Like, this, like it, it, the, the reason he didn't want to play is it's like what he loved to do was hit people, right? He played for the Indianapolis Colts. He played for the BC Lions. Mm-hmm. So. Part of his strategy was to foul, right? So he could go relax for a while. Gary Parker, and I'm telling you, this dude, I think he only played the senior year. Worked his butt off. Was so happy just to get the jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And his whole job was when he got his foul, he was like his wingman. You go in, you play as long as you can, stir it up, get some rebounds, get a few lay-ins. You know, but he was kind of the same way. He'd foul out quickly, too. So I, I always said between the two of them, they had 10 fouls. Yeah, yeah. And usually by the end of the game, we had one of them that are still ready to go. But I would tell you, he was one of those guys that he just, it was fun to watch him grow. And when he got that jersey, you know, he's happy to be on the team and stuff. And yeah. he, was a, he was, he was also, a you know, he was part of the team, right? Like he did a lot of stuff for us, but, uh, and never complained, right? Like, why don't I start? Why don't I do this? Why don't I do that? So that, that's my list. Amazing. I, if I'm being honest, most detailed I've heard. Very well done. Well thought out. I love it. <laughs> we need a few roosters on our teams. Yeah, no, everybody need rooster, everybody right? needs a rooster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. Last question. But the biggest thing is you've got to help us get this person on. Who's someone that well, you would I like got this to? One. No, you got yeah. to. You got a few. Okay, good. So, hey, here's my thought. Again, I, I looked through all your, like, there's some great stuff there, right? So, but sure. you comment about you were talking about your child say, Hey, kind of plays basketball. I don't want to get him into it. So I, yeah. I got two guys that I know that have really, really good kids. Okay. Okay. One of them's Lloyd scrub. Okay. Two, right. He's got two kids that were really good. I think oh, all yeah. Indians, all whatever, you know? Yeah. And then the other one is Greg Wilcher. His son, he, he, he was here in Oregon. He yeah, was a Gonzaga guy. Oh yeah. And my thought would be both on talking about the journey of, parenting a basketball player even though they've been basketball players like how did you do it did you go the yeah. right to the left and i think that'd be kind of cool for people that have young kids that have played basketball i agree and both kids who have like well the, the scrub boys have seen it all but also kind of going from the canadian perspective national team to playing overseas yep. and then kyle who's kind of was a d1 guy i think he was at kentucky too right yeah he was kentucky yeah. and then he transferred to gonzaga yeah i think, I think they won it yeah, he, I tell you, here he played for a Jesuit. They won three state, state titles. Yeah. So he, yeah. he he was good. Yeah, 
He is, is his dad still around in Oregon? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. I haven't talked. Yeah. To, I used to talk to him quite a bit, but I know right. I can connect with him. And and all the UVic guys will know. I'm sure there's people there that would for sure know him too. But I, I just think that would be kind of fun to have the, both their perspectives because they could be totally different, right? Absolutely. You know, did you different approaches? Did they just do it? How did you do it? When did you know? All that kind of stuff. I love it. All right, let's make it happen, man. Those are two great names. That'd be awesome. Um, listen, we really appreciate you being with us tonight. That was super fun. I hope you had a good time. As you know, as we wrap it up here and before we let you go, is there anything swirling around in your brain? Any last reflections or thoughts? Um, you gave some really good insight, and I appreciate the stories and appreciate the pride and the end of the you know the end of the podcast questions. Some people kind of just go through those quickly. You were there thorough in detail, right? Well done. So any last reflections before we let you go, sir? No, again, I, I want to say again, congratulations on this podcast. I think it's really cool. And, and this was fun. The first time I've ever done a podcast. Um, awesome. I'm super excited to be there in May, right? For that um, ceremony. And hopefully I, maybe I get to meet you when I'm there or something. We can have a beer or something. Um, that would be a pleasure. We're looking forward to that just to get to see uh, old friends and family and et cetera, et cetera. But uh but it was funny. To, it was fun to talk about it, right? Because you don't really sit around and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just love your perspective and your humble approach and always team guy. And I think it says a lot about you and it probably has led to a lot of success in your in your life. And we wish you nothing but continued health and happiness. And yeah, I'll be around in May and I would love to. I, I When that gets announced, um, maybe I'll snag a ticket and... Uh, we can uh, get Disbro to pay the bill or whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he will. He's always been good at that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if beers he was. He's got the long, short arm. He, won't, <laughs> he doesn't, he's not allowed to own a gun, ladies and gentlemen, but there have been some shots fired in this episode at me, my hairline and others. So um, what a pleasure, you know, as a, as someone who grew up, idolizing high school basketball, having the opportunity to be a part of it and now coach it. Um, This podcast means so much to me in so many different ways and reasons, but for these evenings are great. When I look at the, there's a huge 75th anniversary book. I don't know if you've been able to see a copy of it and it's got all the teams. It's got all the all-stars. It's got all the old photos. And I love just when I'm sitting there and having a coffee at work some days, I just pull it out and flip through because I think there's so much history to the game. And I think you're someone who's a, true evidence of if you're good to the game the game will be good to you and it will bring you and connect you to great people and do great things so thank you for your time mr alan tate um an absolute legend and uh and a great human being so thank you for being with us thanks Aaron. i appreciate it you got it episode 103 in the books ladies and gentlemen if you can believe it thank you for being with us and we will see you on the next one